In 1858, outside Boston, a bat and ball game was created, which came to be known as the Massachusetts game or town ball. It's not the New York game most people know, with a diamond field and three bases. Rather, in this game, there was only one out per inning. The infield was a square, and there wasn't even a foul territory. There were plenty of reasons why the New York game won out over the Massachusetts game as our national pastime. Most notably, the geometry of the New York game made it both aesthetically pleasing and playable. But the geometry of the Massachusetts game was awkward and off kilter. Many who have played both styles, however, recognize that there are some aspects of the 1858 game that make it preferable to the New York version. What if there was a game that had the geometric appeal and playability of the New York version and the unorthodox aspects of the popular Massachusetts game? 21st Century Town Ball is an attempt to be just that. With a couple tweaks added in 2012, like a physical strike zone, five total bases, stealing first base, and the ball always being live, the goal of 21st Century Town Ball has been, and always will be, to forestall the growing exodus from bat and ball. Let's bring people back to the game. Welcome to the 21st Century Town Ball Podcast. I am your host, Grant Moore, and I'm going to take you on a journey through the evolution of one of America's newest sports. I should clarify that this sport has nothing to do with Minnesota Town Ball, aka amateur baseball played in Minnesota, but it has everything to do with community, strategy, and most of all, fun. In the first five episodes, I'm going to cover Town Ball's origin story in Fresno, California in 2012, and then later on in the podcast, I'll move on to future chapters. Our guest for the very first episode of this podcast is veteran Town Ball player Tommy Sanchez. Tommy joined the sport in his early high school years at University High School in Fresno, California, and quickly became a team captain. He has since led regional Town Ball teams and held leadership roles within the growth of the sport itself. He's recently been spending time in grad school in New Jersey, and I had a chance to visit him in person to record this episode. We were recording in an apartment that didn't exactly have soundproof walls, so please bear with us through the occasional beeps and bangs. That being said, the value of talking with Tommy in person was too great to pass up. Two of Tommy's loves are baseball and history, and though the historical aspect of town ball is not what initially drew Tommy to the game, He has since come to realize that being a part of Town Ball is something way bigger than he ever would have dreamed. Let's get to meet Tommy. My name is Grant Moore, and welcome to our initial recordings of Town Ball players past and present, young and old. Today, I am here with none other than Tommy Sanchez. Tommy has been a town ball player for a long time, going back way farther than me, almost at the beginning of its days in Fresno, California. So as we uh, kick off this series of interviews, I'm really excited to be able to talk to you today. And uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started. Yeah, thanks for having me, dude. 
I'm currently in New Jersey right now. Um, I'm starting up a new team called the New Brunswick Patriots as of March 2023. It could change. I will only be here for a year, so it might be under a new captain in the near future. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me. Great. So, how did you learn about Tomball, Tommy? Yeah, so um, it's about 10 years ago now where I first was introduced to Tomball. Uh, I was just a mere freshman in high school, university high school in Fresno, where I was walking past the then senior class, as well as uh, Jones, founder of Tomball. Um, I was, it was a lunch period, you know, walking past them, see them playing this weird game. It wasn't exactly town ball yet. It was this form of mush ball, had a bit of grounders and crickets, origins. And, uh, you know, I've played baseball my whole life. So they said, Hey, you want to play this game? I said, sure. I actually had a great game that day. Um, so I was more prone to enjoying it. And, uh, I think. The week after that, I had my first club meeting with them. I believe that was September of 2013. By January of 2014, we had already organized a club um, where it was a two-week elective course right after our winter break, where um, we established three teams. We had the New York Mutuals. We had the Boston Redcaps, Jones's team, and the Louisville Grays. Jones had recruited me for his team, and he had a lot of faith in me. So um, I definitely learned a lot that year about just town ball, you know, learning how Jones plays the game. But yeah, it was insanely exciting. All my friends were on the team. Um, the seniors were just electric. They're, in my eyes, the titans of town ball. Like, nobody liked them. But yeah, at that time, we, no one had jerseys. We were writing the rule book of town balls we know right now while we were playing each game. <laughs> so yeah, the, the freshman inaugural season of town ball was definitely like the Wild West. Uh, it was insane. As you found this game, you know, you got to be a part of its evolving from starting these rules and accumulating them over time and tweaking it. Yeah. Town Ball, though, also has a lot of old precedents involved with it. So how did it feel to be a part of something that still felt really new, but had a lot of its foundation in something over 100 years old? Yeah, so um, going back to that senior class that I was talking about, before my time of the year, the year 2012, that is when they really did their research on finding out about how to make town ball town ball. They were taking things from different uh, 20th century and 19th century uh, bat and ball games. Um, so unfortunately, I was not there for that. So I guess I can't connect as much as they can. Um, but I can say, uh, you know, I'm kind of a history nerd. I, I do my own research. Jones tells me a lot of the research. I really love being a part of something like this because I believe anything related to history is something that I'm more prone to go towards. And even while playing the game, people, you know, older people will come up to you and say, hey, that looks like the game I used to play as a kid back in New York or back in the East Coast. And so you can tell there's still the roots of this really old game. 
being played today and people are recognizing it, uh, which is really, really cool considering how, you know, we consider baseball to be the basketball game in America. Um, but we are fortunate enough to be playing something like this. And yeah, it's, it's really exciting. Is what initially attracted you to the game still the thing that keeps you interested in coming back? How has the draw for it changed at all for you over time? I would say when I first started out, <laughs> it was definitely, oh, look, there's a, there's a bat. Uh, I know how to play baseball. I'm swing the bat. Very uh, elementary thinking on my end. <laughs> but after knowing what this game means and playing it for the past 10 years, it definitely means something completely different now. And even more so these past couple years. Mm. Now that we've been expanding out of California, I feel like it's I'm part of something bigger than myself. You know, people literally from coast to coast are playing this game now. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very exciting. So yeah, it's it's come a long way since my days in Fresno. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. When did you start to assume a more of an important role in the game in high school? Yeah, yeah. Um, like I was saying, Jones is definitely a visionary. He trusted me with <laughs> taking charge with the future of Town Ball while I was only a sophomore. So <laughs> That's he, such a Daniel Jones thing to do. It is. I did not have the best freshman season in town ball. I remember striking out a lot. Yeah, I used to bat switch. Um, oh. And I was notoriously bad at striking out from the left side, from the natural righty. But I guess Jones liked that. <laughs> so what he did is he fought really hard to make me president of, it was called a cricket club because we, both, we played cricket at town ball. He made me president of the cricket club my sophomore year. And on top of that, he made me captain of the Louisville Grays. And a lot of the upperclassmen did not really like that. <laughs> but I can say um, it was that season was probably the most fun I've ever had playing any sport. You, I recruited basically my whole friend group because one thing you can say with town ball is you need teamwork. And I know every sport says, oh, you need teamwork. You, you guys have to be on the same wavelength. But I don't know what it is about town ball, but if you guys are not on the same page, uh, you can't get anything done. No. Yeah. I, that's, I found that to be very true in my own experience. Yeah. Um, no matter how experienced someone is with the game. Yeah. I, I like to draw comparisons to how a lot of people do not like baseball. Because they say it's not really a team sport. Um, and you can make that argument, but if you want to compare baseball and town ball, you can't when it comes to team Because you need that synergy. Well, I mean, you can't, you can shuffle the batting order if you want. Yeah. You have so much more choice when it comes to who you're going to try and put in the sequence around the bases. And the rules are such that it allows a very different skill sets to get on base very quickly and in different ways. And you have all the control around that. So it really does allow you, it actually gives you more opportunity, arguably, to use that in a strategic way. Yeah. And yeah, just going back to when I played in high school, 
the teams tended to stay the same throughout the years. By the end of my senior year, each team kind of had their own language, their, their silent language on how to communicate on field. Uh, it, it got really complex on um, how quickly we needed to make changes. The pitcher needed to talk to the catcher, first baseman. It, yeah, it's just something you need to witness yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, David, I find that very true with when I'm talking to people who have never played. It's kind of like you have to be there. You have to see it. For you, you just kind of happened to accidentally walk by it. As you kept on playing throughout the years and you were spreading the game to your friends who were not so much in that bystander situation like you were where you kind of accidentally came out of it where you're actively trying to tell them, you should come try this out. What was, what was the thing that helped you kind of unlock that communication with, with people? Was it something you had to go out of your way to invite people to? Was it more of a popularity thing because it was at the school and everyone played town ball kind of thing? Or Oh, yeah. Um, in, in UHS, the, the high school I went to, um, it was definitely a popularity thing. Yeah, we were the second biggest club in the school. <laughs> you didn't have to know what town ball was, but you knew what town ball was. Um, so that was not an issue at all. Everyone loved it. But... Outside of school, it's definitely a different ball game. Uh, pun intended. Uh, <laughs> you, it's hard to describe a game to somebody when they've never seen or heard of it before, and when there's very little like reference points to other games that you can use to help them get a picture of it. Yeah, the, I use the analogy all the time. I I try to under be understanding. I always use the analogy. It's Baseball with no rules. That's what I've told people for many years. And their first uh, reaction is, oh, that's stupid. Why would I do that? Because like, people, you know, they want structure. Um, but once I give them the actual rules, they're like, okay, maybe. I don't know. But I, I try to come from a place of understanding. You know, you have to understand that it does sound wacky because no one's ever heard of anything like this. Not everyone's a historian of 1900s based, uh, baseball and bad ball games. A niche historian at that, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, but then when you actually come to play the game and you see the type of people who come out, they're from any background imaginable. Like, oh, I played cricket, I played volleyball, uh, I didn't know how to pick up a baseball, I've been playing baseball for 20 years. You name it, any type of person's been on the field and they all loved it. I never met one person who has not enjoyed town ball after playing. Me neither, actually. Yeah, it's insane. It's almost a 100% positive response. Yeah. The hardest part is always bringing someone out, but once they play it, they're hooked. Yep. What's your favorite story of someone who was maybe a little reluctant at first, but then once they played, they couldn't stop? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this. Yeah, this is funny. So it's one of my closest friends from back home, uh, Basue Medina. He, you know, we grew up together since middle school. He was a huge NFL Dallas Cowboys fan. You know, I'm a huge San Francisco Giants baseball fan. You know, uh, oh, baseball's boring. I hate it on my end. Oh, football's boring. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> over the years, I've slowly gone to like baseball. And then one day I was like, hey, dude, you know, I need an extra player for a town ball game this weekend. Why don't you come on by? 
Um, you know, oh, that's stupid. I don't like that. Uh, he ends up coming. He plays the game. I think he like went one for four and zoned three times. <laughs> so he had, you know, a bad game, right? And I think he missed a few catches here and there. I think I even let him pitch and that didn't go well. You know, the average person, if that was a baseball game, they'd say, oh, I'm never playing that again because, you know, you, you don't tend to like what you're not good at. But the next thing you know, he's calling me, he's texting me at least once a week. Hey, when's the next town ball game? When's the next town ball game? You know, I need to play it. And I, I'm not even, you know, thinking about bringing him again because I thought he hated it. Um, but he went out his way to, to come back. And that was, I'd say, about 2015, 2016. And to this day, he still asks me what's the next town ball game. <laughs> nice. I don't know if I met him or not last summer, but he was the guy with the baby. If you remember. Oh <laughs> I think yeah, I I met so many people in Fresno last summer, I can't remember what names. Yeah, he likes town a lot much about his own kid. <laughs> <laughs> He's the town baby. Yeah. Definitely. How did your time with town ball how did it like peak in in high school? If it if it if you could use that word. Uh I would yeah, I'd say it's just getting bigger and bigger. Um, but in high school, particularly, I would say maybe my junior year, I had some, so there's only 13 guys to a team. I had, I would say almost 30 people come up to me personally asking to be on just my team. Wow. Yeah. Like we, we filled capacity for the elective, the town ball elective. I think what Jones did was he made a reserve squad. <laughs> of like three or four people per team. It was just so overwhelming to see how many people were interested in this game. Um, and we, you know, you, when you're playing something so niche, you think, oh, I just have my little community and that's it. You know, we're locked in. But no, we were getting so many outsiders just trying to push their way in and be a part of what we were creating. You know, you kind of feel on top of the world, not gonna lie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Tomball had like five organized seasons, roughly, at UHS before Daniel Jones moved up to Oregon. By the time Tomball was really in the flow at UHS, you know, mid to late 2010s, how like official, for lack of a better word, did it feel as like a game in its own right? I mean, you guys kept stats, you had, you had your rosters. There was win-loss records. There was actual seasons. What what was it like to have a season of town ball? Oh, it was the coolest thing ever. Uh, I'm sure anyone who plays sports is huge on stats. You know, at one point I can name every MLB lineup and everyone's batting average and all that. I was doing that with town ball too because it was so fun. You know, you and your friends like, oh, who hit uh, more today? Or, you know, who's on a hot streak? You know, look at that loser, he went over four, you know. Um, and yeah, Jones made it so fun that he wrote on a whiteboard all our stats for everyone to see in the leaderboards. So, you know, you're just going to class and you just pop into Jones's classroom and check the stats. I feel like that made it more of, you know, an active season that people could follow. Um, you know, we had our own website. We had all the stats put on the website. I believe that was either my junior or my sophomore year. But um, 
Yeah, to answer your question, I would say my junior year for sure, because that's when everyone was checking the stats. And then, you know, there were stat chasers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that would yeah. be like the 2015-16 school year. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like with seasons, you know, if your team didn't do so hot, there's a, you know, we're taking it all home next season. And for people to say, oh, next season, that just gets you so excited. Yeah. It has a life beyond the moment that you're playing in it. Exactly. And uh, I'd just like to quickly say, though, um, bringing it back to how we were called the Cricket Club, you know, it originally started out as cricket being the predominant sport. You know, everyone played it. You know, it was better weather in the spring, too. But there was almost a shift that happened that sophomore to junior year where people became more interested in town ball instead. They were more focused on the next season. Cricket was almost like a spring training for town ball. <laughs> <laughs> So that was insanely cool to see. Wow, yeah. I actually never heard that before. Yeah, it was it was kind of weird, you know, because I was kind of new to the cricket scene, but I kind of pushed it aside in town ball the new scene. <laughs> Let's talk about Jones for a second, because we mentioned a few times. I think that he needs his own episode. Yeah, well, I mean, he'll, he'll be interviewed more than once, I'm sure, but... Yeah. From your pers- from your time with him, Tommy, who is Daniel Jones? There's no words to answer. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I always use the word visionary. I mean, that doesn't even begin to describe who he is. <laughs> He's just someone who's always just ten steps ahead. It doesn't matter what it is, you know. I suck at math, but he's a math genius. I'm sure most people would say that. Fun fact, first time anyone's hearing this, I failed his class. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not important. <laughs> well, actually, it is important because that class was so unorthodox. Um, and I think even if you never played town ball and you walked in and saw Jones teach his math class, you would say, this is the most unique thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'm somehow learning things I would never learn in any other geometry class. And that translates perfectly well to how he formed Town Ball. You know, who would have thought to do this at a high school in the 21st century? When cricket's already a success um, in his club and baseball already exists. And I know he's played baseball before, so... All I'm saying is if I were him, I would never even begun to think about a game on town ball. And now look where it's at. And now look where it's going to be 10 years from now. Did he do the debate style classroom model with you guys too? Yeah. What was that like? Just like town ball, organized chaos. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, People yelling, uh, papers being ripped out, like pointing at stuff I, I can't i'm sorry jones i'm really bad at uh describing geometry <laughs> well it's not a geometry podcast otherwise yeah. we would be way more knowledgeable but so that's that's exactly how it was orthodox is that he wasn't just lecturing no so he actually just he gave for sophomores in high school he gave us a ton of independence he would sit back and let us just duke it out and by the end of the class period, we had formulated theories and everyone was on the same page by the end of the day. Hmm. And, you know, he'd step in when he needed to, but 
that was pretty rare. Um, and he, again, he did that with the Creative Club and he did it on Town Ball. And, you know, he allowed us to grow and use our independent minds and see where that takes us. So instead of learning math in like a very robotic way, like here is a process, just copy the process and you would get the right result. He wanted you guys to learn what like the foundational principles were and then argue why they were right. Yes. And then come to the conclusion that way so that you're actually learning the logic behind it before you learn the, you know, copy paste process. Yeah, we definitely had to believe wholeheartedly what we're saying is true rather than regurgitating his facts. How did that way of did that way of learning parallel at all with the evolution of town ball? A hundred percent. How? When you you know, creating a sport and creating a rule book is insanely hard. And I think if I didn't have Jones around and I never knew Jones and I tried creating town ball by myself, it would not have been as organized as it is with Jones. Again, he made us truly think about why a rule should be a rule and, you know, just the ins and outs of everything. You know, why should, why should the zone be this big? Why should the pitcher be allowed to do that? And we, we would have heated arguments after school on our own volition. Like, I think I skipped band practice a couple times to just like, <laughs> you know, it was like a, a round table moment. Like, you really have to believe why should this be a rule? Why should we play the game this way? And when a bunch of high schoolers are thinking this deeply about something, it works. Looking back at myself 10 years ago, I've never would have, would have imagined myself doing that, but I did it. <laughs> now look where the game is. Do you think then that Town Ball's Allstate model for something that can attract people because of the independence that's in it, that the, the, the free thinking, is that almost like, <laughs> like spiritually intuitive in the game almost at that point? Is that part of why you think people are attracted to it because you're not locked in a box? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the, the hallmarks of town ball is that there's no base path, base pass, base paths. <laughs> and uh, there's, uh, you know, there's no foul territory when you realize you can actually do a lot with that. That gives people room for strategies that you've never even begun to think about. And no two players play the game the same. Like you would think they're from two different planets and you can't really see that in any other sport. And I think people, especially people who grew up playing organized sports, if they play something like town ball, they, you can feel the freedom. You can feel the, the deep thinking and the strategy being utilized in every event. It's insane. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I love it too, is because no matter how many games I played, I know for a fact that the one I'm currently playing isn't going to be like any prior game yeah. I've ever played. There's just, there's so, so little predictability in any aspect of the game. There's too many variables to track. I'll say it again, I'll say it a billion times, it's organized chaos. Shit. So now, 
um, since high school. How have you been involved with Town Ball in the last few years since you graduated? Yeah, so um, right after high school, I moved to the Bay Area. I, you know, I necessarily didn't start a team. I was a bit busy uh, you know, focusing on school. But what I did do is recruit people to play back in Fresno League. Um, and when I heard of the Fresno League, it was essentially just random summer pickup games of UHS alumni and current UHS students. And that's kind of what we did for a couple of years until, again, Jones being visionary, he is, he thought, you know, what if we actually expand the game? You know, what if we make it, well, hopefully a worldwide sport, but at the time he was thinking just, uh, you know, cross country sport. He's been talking worldwide for the past season. I think he quickly backtracked and realized, you know what, let's make this worldwide. <laughs> so yeah, what, what we eventually did was, um, you know, UHS alumni who branched out uh, decided to make their own teams of that respective area. So I was, I, you know, I copied, kind of copied uh, Berkeley's baseball team, the California Golden Bears. I called my town ball team the California Golden Bears. And that is the current area town ball team that I'm no longer the captain of since I'm over here in the East. Shout out Roshan. Thanks for taking over. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm sure you can speak more on Jones's side of things when he moved to Oregon. But um, I feel like that opened more on the branch of Pacific Northwest moving east. On my end of things, I was definitely just in California this entire time. So I would say that to how New York is kind of the HQ of baseball, California is the HQ of top ball. There are many teams there. We all know each other. We all play each other a lot, but we're hoping that we can play of the outside states a little bit more. Yeah. Well, we did that for the first time last summer. We got our yeah. first regional town ball tournament, and you and you were captaining the Golden Bears at that time. Correct. Summer of twenty twenty two. So, what was that like? I know. I said junior year of high school was part of the peak. I. Took that back when we had this tournament. Really? Yeah, because you know you only play two other teams, and they're all people you know. Once you switch that out with people from different states and people you've never met before, and they're wearing jerseys you've never seen before, and you're wearing jerseys they've never seen before, it's an actual rivalry that forms, and like you feel like a professional sports team, and you're playing in fields you never played before. Like we played in Golden Gate Park in San Francisco. Yeah, it's wild. And on the topic of Golden Gate Park, uh, let me backtrack. Actually, I believe it was summer of twenty eighteen. We, as a quote unquote California town ball team, I don't even think we had a name. We were just the California town ball team. We played a vintage baseball team in San Francisco, and I think at that moment. Because that was our first time playing, playing anybody uh, non-UHS as a team. I think at that moment in time, I realized that Tomball could actually spread outside of Fresno and California. Because the the vintage baseball teams, you know, you can say what you want about them, but they liked it a lot, and they they were more open to it than the average person was, even though you could think they're purists about their vintage baseball. 
But yeah, that was, that was just wild. I, I think actually, yeah, that was the point where I saw Tom all taking off. Well, what are there any other things that really cap off like what Tom Ball means to you as a person that have been unsaid up to this point? Yeah, um, you know, as I've grown throughout the years, I've definitely been someone who enjoys inclusivity. I really want everyone to feel involved, to feel like they're a part of something. And that extends to any part of my life. Not, I'm not talking town ball right now. But with that in mind, I feel like town ball as a sport is definitely something that absolutely anybody can play. Yeah. <laughs> the Golden Bears team, they were all younger than me, all inexperienced. We only had two guys who played baseball before. A lot of them didn't know how to hold a bat, throw a ball, catch a ball. You know, they come up to me like, hey, dude, like, I don't think I can be part of your team. Like, I, I suck at everything. You know, I can't run. The funniest thing was that those people who were saying that ended up being our best players. And now they're saying, when's the next town ball game? And, it, you know, any, I, I've said it before, like, anyone can be the hero of this game. Baseball reference, but you can be the Mike Trout of the game or the Shohei Otani. Anyone can play. That obviously get that, and I think that's the one thing that I love about this game that no other game brings. Me too. I love it when I see someone play for the first time who doesn't think that they are the stereotype "quote unquote" player, and then they end up liking it. And uh, I just get such a thrill from that personally. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens out here on the East Coast. Um, if you ever end up back in Fresno, though, what's the first thing you're going to do? Uh, unpack my clothes, probably. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably <laughs> smart thing to do. Yeah. Um, Would you rejoin a town ball team? You know, my home is, in my eyes, the, the Golden Bears. I love that team so much. I think I would hopefully like to be captain of that when they come back. But if not, if Russian doesn't want to give it up, I'll make my own team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I've always been in the captain role and like, I want to give that one more shot, you know. <laughs> Can I pitch a name idea? Go for it. Thomas and the tank engines. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I think that's one of my many ideas that uh, Jones would shoot down immediately. <laughs> no, Grant, you can't do that. <laughs> well, Tommy, thank you so much for the stories and the perspective and being the very first OG, if you will, who has had their stories from the past put to recording. So, yeah, thanks for having me, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the 21st Century Town Ball podcast. If you want to learn more about the sport, you can visit our website at 21ctownball.com or look at our content on Instagram under the page at 21ctownball. If you're interested in playing the game or creating your own town ball team, you can DM us on social media or email us directly at 21ctownball at gmail.com and we would be happy to start a conversation with you. Thank you.
I'm your host, Grant Moore, and this is the 21st Century Town Ball Podcast. Is there ball in your town?